Let's have a sincere conversation about events across the nation and topics for our own morality. Let's openly discuss in an environment of trust where perception is reality. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Perception is Reality. It's your host, David, back again for another week. Thanks for coming back today. I'm excited. We have the hosts of Bridging the Gap. We've got with us Coach B and Devin Saylor. Welcome to the show, guys. How's Thanks. it going? Thanks I'm for having us. Thanks yeah. for being here. I'm excited to have you guys on Bridging the Gap. Just sounds like it's a lot of fun from its name. Uh, we're a full disclosure podcast, so I think I uh, stalked you guys on a podcast guest connection type thing, right? Yes. Yeah. So I think um, I seen your your format and it was like, let's see what this is about. <laughs> uh, well, you know, as we like to say in Texas, giddy up. Giddy up. <laughs> giddy up. Okay. Or to quote Kramer, either one, depending on how old or young you are, or, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, either one works fine. So, yeah. Uh, thanks for being here. Um, so we met that way. Again, David, as everybody knows, on my show is a... a the consummate stalker of getting guests. Um, so that worked out in our favor. Consummate today. stalker. I'm going to have to start using that one. Well, <laughs> you know, when it comes to getting a guest, you guys probably know for your show, but um, guests can be hard to come by. Um, yeah, it's crazy. You think more people would want to talk about what they're doing, you know? It, it's like you get like an hour to talk about yourself. Maybe some much. people aren't self absorbed like I am. I don't know. Well, on this show, we talk about whatever I have no, there's no requirements for the show. People don't even have to listen to an episode to come on the show. I really don't care. I literally have zero requirements other than, you know, just, <laughs> just showing up and talking, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what's interesting about it, that you're just le allowing the guests to come on. We talked about it when I um, informed Dev about it, and we just thought it was interesting we wanted to uh experience it to see how we would react to oh we have to come in and, and bring the conversation instead of being asked the questions pretty much because we've been well, like i said we asked sorry Devin, go ahead i was gonna say yeah because like i said we've never been on someone else's podcast or show outside whoa. of our own usually we're the one asking questions and making conversations so this is going to be a little different for us whoa well ladies and gentlemen around <laughs> the world you've heard it here first this is a first for bridging the gap. They're on my show. Woo! Um, so I appreciate that. If I had like a fake applause button, like a radio host, I would have done that. Oh, we got to get you a soundboard. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I bring my own soundboard. Okay. Um, <laughs> so guys, what do we want to talk about today? So what we're talking about today is uh, the story of bridging the gap in a sense. Uh, as, as you guys probably don't know, I am Dev. I just want to make sure that we get the voices clear. And then Coach, you know, he'll be the other gruff guy talking. Um, but <laughs> I, we, we, uh, we are two different, totally different people from two totally different backgrounds, okay? I am a 20-something-year-old white kid uh, from uh, country Pennsylvania. And Coach, you can go ahead and introduce where your background is generally, but... Uh, yeah, I'm in my mid 40s. Uh, father, well, grandfather at this point. I got a two month old grandkid. Um, 
I am from the inner city of Erie, Pennsylvania. Um, I'm used to city life, um, and Dev is used to the uh, out in the country life. Out there with the cows and chickens. And how we came together with this concept was like, okay, I always wanted to do it. I had the idea, but I couldn't find the right partner that would be able to sit down from a totally different background. And I could have did it with just a person that could have had similar things going on with me, but they might have just been younger. But Dev fit all of the um, requirements we needed to pull this off because we're from two different areas. We're teaching each other two different um, ways of life, and we're trying to come to a common ground. We don't always agree on things. <laughs> yeah, there are things <laughs> we don't always agree on. But it's learning to kind of understand the other person's position and then knowing when to push, when to pull. And, and that's really, that's, like I said, that's a big part of the story too that we'll get into towards the end is like yeah. where we're at now and how the relationship's kind of grown. But Fantastic. I think where we, where we wanted to start was just talking about uh, our beginnings, our growing up, and then how we, until the day basically that we met or, or, or just, let's look up to the day we decided to do Bridging the Gap. All right, like, definitely. We'll, we'll get there. First, I have to give a shout out to Coach B and West 6th Street here in Pennsylvania. Oh. <laughs> what's going what on know? west 6th street what do you know um, about west west 6th street out in the erie pennsylvania you from that erie one of us may or may not have a child again in university right now oh okay well that's good that's that good me. that's great <laughs> okay that's awesome so you've yep. been down there oh yeah 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 i've spent uh many trips to the incredibly large Erie, Pennsylvania airport from the Houston airport. Um, <laughs> and that's before, small that's, that's after we moved, but before we were driving down from Rochester, the equally small airport, but we did, we drove cause it's three hours. So yeah, Rochester, like we flew yeah, from Rochester. Maybe yeah. take a crop duster. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much, yeah. You One step above the crop duster. You <laughs> <laughs> Not even enough time to get up in the air. But yeah, yeah, I just had to, I wanted to get that out of the way. So I'm well, familiar cool. with Erie, well, Pennsylvania. And uh, so cow country, um, Devin, talk to me. I don't know, like, so are you talking like Emlinton, Pennsylvania, cow country kind of thing? Uh, you ever hear of a town called Williamsburg, Pennsylvania? No, once you get population, past the, population about three thousand people, you can't miss it. All right. Well, the one gas station. The neighborhood I live in currently has seven thousand. That's just my neighborhood. Mm, okay. So not not heard of Williamsburg. I know. So like we have family outside of Erie. We have family in Emlinton, Pennsylvania. Mm. It's um, two hours west of Pittsburgh, kind of up in the mountains. Oh, okay. Wait, how? Oh my goodness! West no, two hours east. East. I said east. Oh, I'm west. Yeah. They're east. You okay, can't go I'll... east of Erie. The, yeah, you know, you'd be, you, you'd be in the lake. Yeah, I was gonna no. say. Well, well, no. Didn't you say two hours? Two hours east of Pittsburgh, and I was gonna say that's like right where well, we're at yeah. right now. We're in Altoona. No, he said Altoona. west. But then he said we're in central Pennsylvania. We're right in the middle so of Pennsylvania. It would be yeah. They're they're gonna be like you're close you're to Harrisburg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're on the east. They're on the west side of Pennsylvania, but just two hours. They're two hours away from Pittsburgh and northeast oh, okay. of northeast of Pittsburgh, kind of. Oh, that's kind of closer to, to Punxsy, Punxsy Tawny. You said north northeast. Yeah, they're up there. But I okay. mean, look it up, Emlinton. That's where we have a bunch of family and stuff. So, okay. um, I'm familiar with rural Pennsylvania life, and I'm familiar with uh, urban Erie Pennsylvania life. So I feel like 
I feel like we're already connected on a, yeah. a, a deep level, the three of us already. <laughs> I just want to say that, just, you know. <laughs> um, so we're going to get into your story, I promise. But okay. I'm just curious, like, because this is how the show works. Like, David's curiosity is really, because I like to learn a lot of stuff. Like, what, what are some topics that you, you haven't agreed on? Like, I'm just curious. Can we just jump oh. in there and then we'll start? We'll kind of go around. Okay, see, he wanted to poke the bear early. Okay, I, I see you. Well, um, we come from a, um, a philosophical disagreement at times because I, uh-huh. I, I have, and this, is, this will tie into my story, I do not believe that there is a God. Um, I'm an atheist. Ah. And he is, I, and I'm, I won't speak for coach, but I, I believe he is of the deist position that not, not that there's like a Christian God. He doesn't believe in a specific God, but there just is a God. And we often have a, a, a debate about epistemology and you, you can let coach go. Cause he looks like he's, he's biting his tongue perhaps. <laughs> well, yeah, we have more to debate. We get into heated <laughs> exchanges about it, but that's part of the passion into it. We get a greater understanding and that's part of our proof of concept of what we do is to be able to have those tough conversations and just lead by example um, for others to know that you can have a, you can have disagreements and you guys can get it out. Um, it might be a little passionate as long as it doesn't go overboard where you do something that you're going to, you know, regret and, and you, you just don't do it in those situations that you could still disagree and then say, you know what, let's still go out and have a beer. And you know what I mean? And hang out, have some yep. wings or something like that. That doesn't mean you have to separate yourself just because you have a different belief from somebody else. So yep. me, yep. me personally, um, I don't, I believe like that there is something greater than this. I just think we'd be naive just, just because how complicated we are as a person, if you just think how a person works and how we gather information, mm-hmm. um, I just think we would be naive to think that there is nothing else greater than us um, that's helping and um, push us along. And I also think the mistakes we make as humans, um, because Dev, like you, 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 Dev goes from the science, like proof, give me proof, give me proof. And I'm kind of the person that's like, okay, well, I don't believe in that story of the Bible. I don't, and I also don't believe, I believe, I believe that science works for us as humans, like where we're at in it right now. But I believe there's also something greater people that are way far ahead of us somewhere out in that atmosphere, whether you want to call them aliens or whatever. And they're just using technology like a million years ahead of us. Like we're just behind. I don't know if we started at the same time or whatever. I just say that the mistakes we make, there's got to be somebody out there that's been, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's got a, got a, um, stronger brain than we have. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Now, Well, well, the Fermi paradox, wouldn't that relate to the fact that we don't see those beings and we, there's a great filter. That. Yeah, because I was just, yep, yeah, yeah, yes, that's that's it. But I mean, that's why I brought it up because I believe in the Fermi paradox, not necessarily. So, mm. but I'll just talk about that in a second. Um, okay. So I love the that, like we talk. So let me fill in for a second. I'm all excited. This is what happens, guys, when my brain is excited and I, my mouth can't process all my thoughts. Let's let's um, go. Let's go. So, Giddy up. This is exactly. Uh, this is really like a lot about what your show is about. What I'm trying to accomplish. Like I like to illustrate. And my audience knows this. I like to illustrate that. And this is one of the reasons I come in cold, and there's no video because I don't like to have any unconscious biases or anything. I don't like to know anything. So when I'm about the guest, so when I come in, it's just, you know, it's just a voice. It's just some other voice that I can't make up you know, I don't have a preconceived notion on, we just have a discussion. 
But it's okay. proof that we can have a discussion with strangers. We might agree. We might violently agree, like we do in my family on Sundays. We violently agree. We're not <laughs> arguing. We're violently agreeing. Um, we might disagree, but you know what? We can still have a discussion and be productive. I can learn. Maybe the guests learn something. But that's what that's all about. And like your show, like is perfect for that. So now that you guys exist, I'm just going to have to hang it up and just go away because <laughs> no, nah, there's room. Stay. We got, we got, listen, man, there ain't, there ain't too, enough people like us out here. You know, there really isn't. Uh, I hear a lot of echo chambers from a lot of different sources and shows anymore where they're just talking about this. They don't want the diversity of topics or, or interesting things. They just want to talk about things relevant in their niche kind of thing. And we need more people. We need more people because we're on a movie. Like one, one time we went and um, visit, remember we were out there visiting the guy that was like, what was he doing? He was doing what Justin does, the 3D printing. 3D printing, yeah. We were out just talking to people in the community and he asked, we were pitching, you know, they asked what we do. We told them about the show and what our, what our, we were, we, what our goal was to get more people to just communicate with each other and try to learn. You'll find out you'll, you have more in common. And he was basically like, yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> so we know where that is like, we need more people that are on that and build that network of people. And hopefully it just branches out more and more people get on that because let's face it, we're stuck in our phones right now. Nobody communicates. Everybody's mm -hmm. looking down. Everybody, you know, you're walking into people. You're not even saying, excuse me. You're not looking in people's eyes. I noticed that a lot that when people are on their phone so much. When they shake my hand nowadays, I was taught that when you shake somebody's hand, it better be firm and you better look them in the eye. They don't even do that anymore because they're so used to the disconnect with human beings. And we're talking about people that are in the supposed to be held in a higher stand, like in the community, whether they're board school board members or, or, you know what I mean? People you're supposed to look up to and they're not even, they're not even doing the basic communication anymore. I agree. I agree. And, and I, on top of that, I'm just going to say that one of the things I like to talk about is that, um, and I don't, I didn't, I don't really get much of a chance to talk about this, but status and I'm just going to leave the word status. We can fill in the blank, whatever kind of status you want. Doesn't equate to intelligence, politeness, fill in the blank adjective. It doesn't equate. Mm -hmm. um, you can have somebody who is of a very high stature and they could be the rudest person in the whole world and just a nasty human being. You could have the inverse and then you could also have that person who has elevated themselves and maintained their sense of humility and is a decent person, even though they've attained whatever status. Um, but in general, I agree, we're so ingrained in these devices that we don't know how to talk anymore, which is why I like to illustrate that the three of us who've never met can have a conversation. And, you know, it, it's okay. And it's awesome. And it's a good experience. And people should try it. It's It's kind of like and our coach is probably going to understand this. Um, and I'm going to, this is my perception right now. Let's talk about this perception. Coach will get this reference and Devin won't. So it's kind of like Mikey with life. Try it. You'll <laughs> like it. Have a conversation. Try it. You'll like it. <laughs> right. Do you know who Mikey is? Nope, not a clue. <laughs> See? All right. <laughs> I was sitting there like, I was, I was slightly insulted. And then as soon as I heard it, I was like, yep, don't have a clue what that's going to talk <laughs> yeah. about. See, and, and I purposely picked that one because that one's going to be near coach and mine's childhood like i would right. say pre pre 10 years old right. so there's no way you would have it was a life cereal commercial 
Oh my goodness. Yeah. How would, how would I know that? <laughs> yeah. Like, I know. Mikey likes it. <laughs> yep. Mikey yeah. likes it. But yeah, I, knew, I had a feeling coach would because you couldn't get away from that commercial because no. Devin back in the day, we only had four channels, ABC, uh, whatever they are, ABC, CBS, NBC, and Fox. That was it. Or WUHF or whatever the, the, that channel was. Right. Uh, we had four, we had four channels. That's what we had. I don't know. Coach, you might've had more than me, but I had four. Well, yeah, we, we, we were lucky at a time when, when, the, when the sliding cable box came yes. out. <laughs> I just talked about that today at work. Right. Because they asked me, they were like, well, you're old. I'm like, okay, let me think. <laughs> wow. I'm yeah. 47. I'm not that old. But they're like, when did you get cable? And I, and I was telling them about the box with the slider. And they were like, what? They're like, you were lying to me. They had to Google it. <laughs> well so, yeah there's people in saying that remember i think i asked you dev one time about the rotary phone did you ever see a rotary phone i've seen them never used, used them. One. <laughs> yeah never used one i've seen them because I, I went to my memes house and they just have a bunch of like antique objets actually they, i lied they still use the rotary phone they still did until um actually just until like i think a couple years ago where they got the phone line disconnected and not hooked up no more right wow so, so that's like one of the things that we do. Like we go back like Dev, I look at it like this too. Also, I get so much out of it because one, he's able to keep me, I can say, I know I'm not, but I can think in my head, at least I'm, I'm a little younger <laughs> and I got my, and I got my um, ear to the ground and the pulse of what's going on because he's much younger. And then he can turn to me and say, you know, and to get some of that, uh, 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 stuff that we just talked about right now about what went on in the day. And he has knowledge to go into a room of older gentlemen and, uh, you know, and, and have conversations. Yeah. And I think that's actually very important um, because I think there's a lot of misconceptions around intergenerational interactions because there is like our generation, like we're Gen Xers, um, coach, you're, I don't know how old you are specifically, but I'm I think 45. you're like, so yeah, you're a Gen Xer. Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, there's from Gen X down, like we had technology, but as we go down into devs um, age bracket, like technology goes, you know, it's like a hockey stick curve. It goes up versus where we started. And I think what you're talking about, like with a handshake and things like that, there are people um, in our generation and above that when you meet them, they expect those things. And I don't know that we've done, like I taught my son and daughter, both like the handshake rule and some other things, because, you know, I'm dorky like that. But, um, <laughs> I think these things that you can, can lend a hand to Devin and the audience that you have gives them an upper hand on how to interact. And it's really, and I think this is what people and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is what people don't necessarily get right is that try, well, first of all, my, when you interact with somebody else, you know, have a respect for that person until they give you a reason not to. And believe me, some people will and some people won't. I mean, it's okay to not rehab, lose respect for somebody if they've earned it. But in general, when you're just meeting somebody, try to give them some respect. That includes these and I'm using air quotes, formalities. Like there's some social formalities that I think we've forgotten. Like you said, um, coach, when you're going to a school conference and you're meeting with the teacher or whoever, and they're looking at their phone and half-heartedly shaking your hand. I mean, what impression does that give? Yeah, that you're not invested. 
Right, exactly. And what is the other person on the other side wants to feel like they're important? You know, make, uh, I'm, I like to, I like to make um, far, far reaching points to make the point. So mm -hmm. if I ever do that, I'm, I make, I go to an extreme to make are, a point. Are we supposed to be responsible to stop you or something? No, that's fine. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, okay. I'm just sure. letting you know in case like you want to jump in and like, dude, get the shovel out because it's getting thick around here. Um, <laughs> I gotcha. But, right. oh, and real quick before I forget on the Fermi paradox, um, I have this theory that um, I don't necessarily believe that there's outlife out there because there may have been on other habitable planets, but the way that I perceive life evolves is that life is very selfish. You've got these originals, if you believe in like theory of evolution, you've got these cells, they've come together and it's like a virus. We wanted to spread, we became the bundle of cells that you have today, which are human beings, we're very selfish. We want to perpetuate the species. The way that we get, a, the way that we succeed is by aggressively taking, you know, like to quote the matrix, like the humans are a virus. So that innate, and I'm being very quick about this because I want to get onto a whole bunch of other topics about bridging the gap, but I just felt like I needed to talk about this real quick. So that whole innate, survival and success rate built into humans will cause us to never get along on a global scale. Not getting along on a global scale will prohibit intergalactic travel. It will also at some point cause our own demise and then things will start over. You know, the earth will go on reboot. So I perceive my perception is that other civilizations out there have done the same thing because to get to where you are, you need to make a global you need to make a global reach in the same direction to achieve these things. And I think we're fully capable of it as far as our intelligence goes. And I sincerely wish that we could get over our, just the, what I perceive as the menial little stupid things, um, race, sex, religion. Can we just move beyond it and then we can get to intergalactic travel and then we can prove David wrong. That's my goal. Let's do it. <laughs> Right. Um, and I'll actually entertain it because I, this is, you're speaking a, a lingo in which I like to talk. Uh, the, the, the Fermi paradox for me. So I would say that you actually do believe there is other life out there, but the thing is at the, it's not as advanced as, you know, intergalactic travel because life never reaches that point. Yes. Sorry. Right? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank so, you. so like, cause I mean, bacteria could be existing on Mars for all we know. And if that's, True. that's the case, great. But they, you know I mean, it's not intelligent. We're not going to talk to the bacteria, the bacteria and us aren't going to have a conversation. Now, um, with, with that being said, I, I agree with what you are saying about the, that very particular thing. I think what it is is actually that we, as, as we grow in more intelligent, we, uh, we find we create basically a society. And when we create societies, the problem is, is like that we, and, and being, be, I think beings, once they create a society, it's always, the, because it is selfish, we want to limit the resources and we want to be the most successful. And the thing is, society changes success. Because in evolutionary standpoint, success is passing on your genes. That's not the case anymore. Passing on, it, it no longer is it passing on genes. It's how much money do you have? How much things do you own? Mm -hmm. And then from that, we're taking advantage of the people at the lower end. And that means that there's people at the top that have to constantly keep some people at the low end because they don't want anybody to be a competitor for resources, which the resources now have drastically changed. We're not competing for resources like uh, just food, shelter, et cetera, water anymore. 
we, which we are in a sense, but we're also competing for resources like uh, uh, lithium and oil and all these natural resources that make all these things. So the people who control the resources and the services end up becoming uh, the powerhouses. And therefore then there's a, that, like you said, the sex, age, uh, uh, money, etc diver um, dichotomy where either like you're with these group of people and you make it here and the, the, whole, the whole dynamic of success has changed from that point so mm-hmm. essentially that's how the fermi paradox shakes up for me because we get to a point where either we destroy ourselves yep or we get to a point where uh we well, actually no. we never get to a point where we destroy ourselves but rather we just every time we rebuild and get to that point in, in our history, we fail every time. Or there's the, the thing where people say there's some kind of cataclysm where uh, we get advances of society, we try to invent uh, teleporters or whatever, and then it actually ends up creating a black hole, which then sucks us into the vacuum of space and then, we're, or well, not the vacuum of space rather, but rips us in the fabric of space time and then we're done, so. Right, which other, I, and my, my perception is, or my belief would be that other or other beings get to that point and they do the same thing and it's just i i don't i don't think that we can get along enough to achieve intergalactic travel to go see these other things that's not that like you said there's probably life out there it just hasn't reached that point or or, or, or there is the there is the theory that they've come here and they're just they've achieved all that and they're yes like, oh, look at these Why? people these people are cray cray what the hell i'm like, staying they're away watching from the kardashians them. those aren't even real they're just they're not even real people <laughs> right why why is it like that like this is where i come in for that like i think it's like we have just everything that people mentioned there's people there's a select group of people that own all this wealth that those people don't have to get us to do what they need to do they have the money to get the things that they need to do and go see them things themselves. Like the 1% that has all this money that they sit down, I believe they sit down and they do things that we can't even imagine, seeing things we can't even imagine because they control how things get done. And they're just using us chasing our tail so we'll never get to that point to see it. And it's probably happening right in front of our face. And me saying that we think, like being at top of the food chain, I just can't believe the way I see humans go around here and act that we're the top of the food chain in the universe. Mm-hmm. We're top of the food chain on planet Earth. I just think there's more out there and we just haven't got to that point. I think there's a lot more quicker, smarter people out here. Um, not people, I, I mean, I say, I don't know what they are, but I just think there's something else that's bigger than us out here we just haven't reached that and they're quicker and i think that our grandiosity of being humans and top of the food chain down uh, on earth stops us from believing that there's anything else out there mm-hmm. i really but truly believe that because just just of my observant ways on how people act in a daily um <laughs> situ- in any situation that goes on in just an everyday life how you can see them repeatedly do something over and over without changing their ways or you know what i mean doing yes. self-destructive things um and and not realizing what an effect it has and, and then to go to your your guys's point that we were um selfish and we won't get along so we're gonna crabs in the barrel each other and, and down and i just believe that there could be other people because if you look at a group of people like i'm saying the one percent of people they don't have to like each other but they sit down and make decisions about us every day. Mm-hmm. 
They don't like each other. But it's because they got the resources. They're, yeah, they got, got the resources. They got, you got this resource that I need for this resource, and let's do something about let's it. Let's do they, something. Cause, cause let's see something, us. and they can hide things from us. They can see more things. So that's just kind of more the way that I think about it. Yeah. Oh, and right. uh, yeah. Go ahead. I just want to ahead. say about your, anal your analogy, David. It, it would be like uh, they, they could be so far superior in the sense that we are to bacteria that we know they exist but we don't acknowledge them. We don't talk to bacteria. We don't have conversations with bacteria. If anything, we might cultivate them at some point, but we really don't associate with them. We just, we just go about our everyday lives knowing they're there and they exist, but we're going to move around and do, you know, as, as they would say, real space stuff. Yeah, or they've come, they've done a drive-by and they're like, these people, no, they're not ready for this. They can't handle it because, right. well, like I was talking to Daniel Levin um, a while ago, I don't know. Um, a while ago, but you guys can look up his episode. And he has this interesting theory about the mosaic, but that's, oh, that was the topic. But we talked about the Fermi paradox a little, and he was saying that um, human beings are in for a rude awakening soon because they're going to find, we are going to find ourselves as the third most intelligent beings on the planet. Second to AI, third to uh, alien intelligence when it finally gets here. Oh, no kidding. Mm. And mm. he said the humans are going to uh, need to figure out how to get along with that because our hubris is so grand or we will self-destruct. Yeah. Well, but that, I thought that time. was interesting that humans being the third most intelligent beings on the planet. I find it interesting to say like we, 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 uh, well, we, I, growing up, I've seen the, perception of what ai would be in some of the movies you know what i mean all those yeah. movies we've seen them those movies growing up where you never thought it'd be possible like i never thought it'd be possible um when you see some i can't think of a movie offhand but those movies back in the 80s where they're talking into a watch yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah but we have that you know a computer in our hand you know those type of things um so i think like i just don't Seeing an alien at two, we always talked about aliens. Then, then it would be number two to AI, is what you're saying. AI would be one, aliens would be two, and we would be three. Uh, aliens would be one because they would have oh, aliens a master would be and do more with their AI. AI would be two, and we would okay. be three. Okay, I misheard that. I thought it was a AI was first. I was going to say yeah. that's interesting. I would think aliens would be first because they they eluded us for so long. And we're yeah. creating the AI right now. Yeah, yep. and they would have they would have already created AI or something. That yeah. Yes, they would have already progressed beyond the AI divide. Okay, and, I got you. And and progressed beyond even the singularity. So, real, I'm gonna let's talk about this one last thing, and then I want to talk about um, the differences between you guys and how how that works out because it's pretty awesome to witness um, already. So, I want to, and I this is a question for both of you independently because I want to see how this generational and racial gap works. Do you believe that the 0.1% that we were talking about keeps us? segregated uh, by race, by wealth, um, socioeconomically, and by race on purpose because it's easier to control us if we're segregated. 
Well, um, I'll, I'll start this one. For one, that's pretty much like a descriptor of our show. That's what we talk about is all these kind of issues, <laughs> these kind of issues sometimes. Um, but uh, for me, I, I, I do believe they do, they use the race and the age and, and, the, and all of that as tools to create insecurities. But really, it's all about the money. It's, it's all about the money and how they do that is they want to keep, the, it's really they target people by segregating into poor people and then they want to be the rich people. Now, there are some middle class and there are some higher middle class and there are some people that are rich, but the, the, that top 0.1%, they want to keep as many people down in the working force that are the cogs of the machine as much as possible. And they want, to feed, they want to feed upon the people who are less educated or they want to spread false information and they want to make you hate your neighbor um, by any means necessary. Uh, like I said, I, I think that is, for me anyway, that's how they, they do it. That's how they segregate it up. Does that answer your question? Just want to make sure. Yeah, it answers okay. my question. Okay. I believe the same. I believe that's what's happening. I believe that that top, you know, percent that we're saying um, that has all the control and power. They've been doing it since the beginning of time. If you, you know, go back and just do the research on all these people that own all these corporations and how it's all monopolized when they really say it's there's it's illegal to have a monopoly for us. Yeah, but it, it's really not illegal for um, if you're in that um, group of people and it's such a small group of people. So it's so easy. It, it, I'll say this, like back in the slavery, um, they, it was called the Willie Lynch letter. Now, this is a black man giving um, how to keep slaves in line is by making them attack each other, fight with each other because you're going to be able to control them. So if you do some, re I don't know if you heard of the Willie Lynch letter, I, but that's I what have. they're doing. Yeah, that's what they're doing to us as a whole, because they're telling me I should hate them. I should, yep. you know, the, uh, the white person's doing this. I don't, I know that every group has bad people. I was raised well. I was raised in a system with diversity. Um, I know that there's good people in every race that there is, but the way that they tell us that it can come, um, things come up like the, the way they control the media and the um, narrative of what things going on, where there's, there's days that you could just not like you give up on all the um, just normal stuff that going out throughout your day and meeting people and saying hi because of what they're feeding you. Um, and that's what we know they want. They want me to look, they want me and Dev not to be able to have this show. I truly believe. <laughs> yeah. That. Right. And, uh, and, and real quick, this is the one yeah. point I did want to make too is um, I believe that we segregate ourselves. These people, prefer, they, they give out the information. They create the stories, the narratives. They try and we to make participate. Us, and we participate by saying, yeah, them stupid. And like, well, listen to what they said. But then the thing is, because they get so caught up at the national level or the news level, but then they don't look around at their neighbors and realize we're all people struggling and got issues and stuff, you know? Like, we're all broke as hell and we all got problems. And, and they don't want to, but, they, but it's, that's why it's so easy for them to then see, see someone walking on the street, you know, because in Pennsylvania, we don't. Don't get it twisted. We got racists around here still. And there'll be people and they don't want to look at that person. And then they want to say that they want to say the, the things that say they're lazy, whatever it is. Um, and, you know, again, we'll get into that later. But yeah, that's, that's something I truly believe is that we begin to segregate ourselves because they don't, they don't make us segregate. We do that when we decide to believe in all that stuff and not look at each other as people any longer. I, I definitely agree. And I, I think that, um, so much to say. So I, I think that the media, it does, the media, and I, I talk about this because I want to, I want to control this perception that people have in a positive way is that the media doesn't exist to give you information. The media exists to sell and make money. 
You're either a buyer or seller right. in this and world. Like I said, I, I, now me personally, I think it looks at, cause we, me and coach talk about this cause eventually you have to try and know something when you look at the media and I, and I, and what we do usually is we try to look at several sources or we just mm -hmm. get the information and then try to make the best of it by looking at something saying, okay. And, and, and usually when you look at several different sources, you can then eventually take the commonalities between the stories and say, okay, this is probably what happened. And then make your best judgment of what, who's really involved and who's doing what in this story. A little common sense. Yeah. Cause if you get me going, I love conspiracies. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, I yeah. love them. I don't, look, I will, I have tinfoil hat moments. And when I get to one, <laughs> I'll tell you guys, like put your tinfoil hat on, but to, right. to make, to make the point, um, I talked a lot about the high school student and the tribal elder incident and everybody oh, was the let, magna so just, hat. Yeah. So just talking about that incident, what we were fed wasn't really what happened. Mm -hmm. Everything that was reported wasn't really what happened. The left had their spin, the right had their spin. And then, and then there was the truth in the middle. And then the real video came out. You got to see what really happened. Mm -hmm. Um, and you got to hear who was actually spouting all the racial slurs. It wasn't the students. It was this other group of individuals. The Hebrew um, Israelites. Yes, thank you. Okay. Yeah, I had a feeling you guys would know and would have talked about it. But Yeah, we um, did a show on it. Yeah, we did a I, show. I, I have no doubt. That's why I love being able to reference this stuff. And you, I know you guys are going to be right on board. Um, so the media... And this is, the, I talk about this a lot on the show too, is that the media does these things, right? You, like, everything you guys said. And then we add on social media on top of that. And then what happens is, and I think this has been developing over time, is that it started with, you know, I have my favorite uh, TV station, whatever. And now it's, I have my social media, but it all has to do with confirmation bias and not confirmation bias. It's got to do, shoot, I'm forgetting the term. But anyway, um, I'll think of it. I promise guys. No, I mean, Just that's part of me. it. But so our feeds are, are now geared towards what we already like, what Facebook, what Instagram, what, whatever, fill in the blank, who gives a crap what they're called. They, they tailor to what they, that they perceive that we like. So then we start to see the same things over and over again. And so that just one thread builds. So we don't get any diversity. There's no diversity in our feeds. So then we end up where we are today. And I'm, I, I didn't say a lot to make the point, uh, to make my point, because I have a feeling I know you guys are probably with me on this. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, oh, yeah, we're, 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 we're going down that road. All right. So I just wanted to make that point about that. But um, coach, I wanted to know, um, and Devin, I don't mean to exclude you on this, but let me talk to coach for a second. Have you, read, have you, um, uh, are you aware that when the Italians immigrated to America, mm -hmm. that they were considered a person of color? Uh, yes. Um, I, I've heard that there's some kind, like the Sicilians have traces yes. back to Africans. You oh know, yeah. Some like mixture. I do. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, when you look at my ancestry, it's all over like Sicily, um, Greece, Turkey, the partially even over into the East. It's in Northern Africa, specifically like my grandfather was born in Tunisia. Well, my great grandfather was born in Tunisia. I've got Ethiopian, like you name it. I'm, I'm like a month. Yes. And 
there and I forget I wish I had the reference this is what this is what frustrates me about not prepping but it's all Googleable. Yeah. yeah is that the Sicilians came over and they got along with the freed slaves and and everybody and it was like all kumbaya because you know what as a Sicilian we've been conquered so many times that we're so genetically diverse we we don't care we love everybody like you know doesn't matter to us the powers that be did not like that. So then they determined, okay, you guys can be white. And I'm oversimplifying it. And then that's when we became white. Right. Yeah, I've, I've had many of conversations like this with people, um, just like they say about the Irish. Now, we know people came over here with the intentions and when they, like just you were speaking with, with the Italians, because if you go, like you see in the, in the, um, in uh, like, we'll just use the Sopranos. I know it's a bad, <laughs> but it, I think it's what everybody has to know. You know sure. what I mean? Like, yeah. um, you reference. can, yeah, you can see that I love Italian. I have, I'm, I know a lot of Italian peoples, like, like you said, that they didn't like that they were getting along with um, people of color because they considered themselves people of color. They had those roots traced back. Um, they have pride. So when they said that, I kind of think it took them out of that league, you know what I mean? Out of that league of being like, hey, man, we get along with you guys and everything. You know, it's those guys that are keeping us back. And then when they said, okay, come on in, you guys are with us because the numbers are getting too big or two, you guys are, are getting along too well that they kind of, in my eyes, I think yeah. it kind of like turned the back on that relationship. Because if you go to something like the Sopranos, um, they they do. If you look at that, like we'll just use Tony Soprano. He 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 was. I don't know if uh, per se a racist, but he definitely did not want to mix with any race. Like you know what I mean? He didn't want yeah. his daughter dating that episode that he had a yep. uh, a, a black kid. Uh, she had a black friend and, and all that, and he went on to use those epithets. So that's probably a question I want to throw back at you. Do you think that was part of it because they said, hey, you guys could be white, that it turned that around? Um, I will answer that in a second. And I'm not, I, I'm not uh, segueing, but I just want to say, Devin, had you heard that before? Heard what? Uh, that what we're talking about. The Sopranos? No, 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 no. How about? No, he hopped off and went and got oh, something. Yeah, no, because you said, oh, okay. said, I'm not to disclude you. I said, okay, that's fine. I'll go grab a drink. And then I came back. But I mean, I, I heard something you were talking about with Sicilians. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, culture opinion. So it's, it's, it's all right. I didn't mean to like exclude you, exclude you, but I didn't know. I, I um, listen, like I said, I excluded myself here. So, like, no, no, so, I was, I was, um, I was being a bad human being by just, uh, I had a feeling coach would know because one, we're this very close in age. We're two years apart. Um, and that uh, he would know because he's got a good, he mentioned the Willie Lynch letter. So he knew he, I feel like he had a good vision history. And I was just assuming with your ripe age of, you know, in, in your young twenties that you might not have been taught these things. So mm -hmm. I, I wanted to have that conversation to see if you had heard that any of that before. Okay, so coach, you're supposed to fill me in. So it's basically like Italians when they came over here, mm -hmm. when it first came over here, they got around long with minorities. Mm -hmm. So the power structure scene, which is white people, seeing that mm -hmm. they were getting along and seeing how dangerous that would be to keeping control. So they told Italian mm -hmm. people, hey, you guys can check the white box on, on everything that acts your race now. 
No. So they went over to that thing. And, and I, 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 he's asked me, did I hear about it? I turned and asked him, do you think that's where like an episode of Tony Soprano where you see Italians like use the N word or whatever like that. And they don't want their daughter, their daughter or their son dealing with a minority is, do we think that's what the power struck and intended for that to happen? And that's what happened. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so but in terms of hearing definitely. about that, no. Yeah. Okay. So that's why I wanted to have the, I didn't mean to like you to leave the room. I, I just wanted to have that conversation with the coach then to verify no 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 you're, you're good i i i again i excluded myself yep, from that okay. conversation when i went up to get a drink so you're cool. it's okay um so coach here's what i think happened and i've, I've done a little bit of research on it and i want to do more but from what i've seen happen is that it, it happened gradually over time after over a few generations because the people and i'm also bringing this up to make the point that i do believe there are people this is a tinfoil hat moment, probably. I do believe there are people who do want us in a, a certain state of segregation, but I feel like they've gone too far in the pendulum where we are today. Because today, like if we keep going where we're going, we're going to explode and then they've lost control altogether. But my point is this is an illustration of somebody made a physical decision to tell a class of people, hey, you guys can be white now. And then over time, over a couple generations, there was... And I don't believe there was a total disconnect. I think it happened in some areas more than others. Um, but I think that over time, people got used to being what it meant to be white and therefore mm -hmm. lost the original uh, like immigrant mentality. Does that make sense? Yes. Mm -hmm. I think that's what separates it from what it is. Like Im immigrants to me, I think immigrants that come to this country and do the right thing, um, work, bust their ass. I don't know if you know uh, who Gary V is, like his story, him and his father. Okay. Gary V he's like a motivational guy, business guy, media guy, but his father was an immigrant. He tells the story about how he came over. I think they're from some part of Russia, um, came over here, uh, was living in an apartment with all the like small apartment with like 13, 14 people in it. And his dad would just bust his butt every day. He hardly seen him. He started a wine business, um, and then Gary, he, 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 Gary was learning at, from his father, was telling him, hey, go learn this stuff. We need to, you know, build generational wealth, and Gary took the company from a $6 million to now he, it's up to a $200 million um, business, and now he has his own $200 million business on top of that, and so I think that immigrants make this country. To me, uh -huh. to be honest, even at this eight point in time, if an immigrant comes over here with intentions on learning and, and getting the American dream, they're going to they're going to make this place a better place. It's the people here in the power structure that that eliminates all that. Like we're just hating on people just because where they're from at these days. And like you said, it's so out of control right now that there's going to be a blow up. Like my brother always says. My brother always said from like, I, from back when I can remember, like early 20s, 19, he said, there's going to be a race war one day because of what they're doing, how they're marched, how, and like, who, who's going to go where? Like, you know what I mean? There's, it's a melting pot here. Everybody's going to be like looking at each other. Like, I don't want to hurt you, but I got to protect, you know what I mean? Apparently, yeah. I mean, and hopefully we don't lose that, uh, that sense of humanity at the end of the day. Um, this is actually something I can, uh, this is a, a song I can dance to. Um, 
uh, sort of speak. Uh, the 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 to say about immigration immigrants and stuff. Uh, I come from Irish heritage, and and uh, during the big the Great Famine uh, that was going on over the Scottish Irish area, a lot of Irish people came to this country as immigrants and were treated like second class citizens and worked there and basically were treated like such until they got into a position where they they worked their way to it. Now, obviously, I think being white helped a little bit with getting them up that ladder eventually. But um, something I thought interesting was that. You know, this this country is almost built off the back of immigrants, and we often treat them like uh, second-class citizens in this country for a time until either they, quote-unquote, earn that, that uh, what would I say, the, uh, the status, the tier of, okay, now we grant you after you worked your butt off. And, and uh, another thing to tie into that would be the STEM fields. A lot of we, – we don't have scientists here. The reason why we get scientists and smart people in this country is because we offer programs that would pay, that Japan and them can't even compete with where we grab the smartest people in the world and say, hey, come here because we'll give you a lot of money. Like kids from uh, schools in China and, and kids in school in Japan and, and uh, Australia, Germany, et cetera. And a funny thing is recently, and this is just some articles that I was reading, uh, is that a lot of these kids now are choosing to stay in their home countries yep. instead of going to America. And now it's kind of, it's because America already isn't the top in terms of education and so forth, but they're starting to fall behind in the world of science a little bit because instead of, uh, instead of highly incentivizing or, or growing their own highly educated students, what they're instead doing is they used to rely on buying them and now they can't bring them in. So again, they, in a weird way, America in a sense, like coach was saying, preys upon immigrants not really praise, but you know, they, they need immigrants to make the country and build it. And they're starting to fail at bringing them in. Oh, I agree. And we're, we're definitely falling behind as a world power and as a world leader in a lot, a lot of areas. And I think that corporate greed is, I'm just going to say corporate greed is at the root of that because they're really, they're making all that money, but where's the research? Where's all that like you said, we, we used to buy our scientists to come in and to make all these great advancements, but now we've outsourced everything because it's cheaper. And by doing that, all of the intelligence need, needs to follow the money there. So they're staying in country and they're becoming, they're making money there. So why come here? Yeah. And then exactly. there's their nationalism takes over and they're like, why would I come there? I'm coming to school here because yeah, I got into this great college and you want me here for diversity and I'm going back over here. <laughs> so, take that, uh, take that back. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Because to me, it's like, like in every sense of the way, it always brings back to to, to me when I look at this country. Is say, um, we 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 throw these smoke screens up about what's really going on. Like, to, for instance, over in Iran, like we feel like they convince us that we got to go police these things, but. There, there was what, how long did Flint go without water? Like we can't interfere. They say, well, that's the state problem. We don't want to interfere, but you're going over in a whole nother the country, country. Yeah, and right. causing exactly. chaos, exactly. but you don't want to step in our country and fix the things. And like you said, with the scientists coming in, why are we not teaching our own kids? Why are we not giving them the best education instead of just throwing up schools and saying, have at it, have a good, and, or investing in these teachers. These teachers, like I, I work with a lot of, cause I'm a youth development coach and youth programs. I work with a lot of teachers and I tell you what, they are very underpaid. They're mm -hmm. underappreciated. And it's a, it, they're over like per capita kid, 
teacher is way out of line. They, how are they supposed to teach those kids anything when you got one teacher to 40 kids that are out of control? They're not going to learn anything. You're going to so. get me on a soapbox here, but I'm going to go on it real quick, real, real quick. I'm going to go on it and just uh -huh. say that, um, uh, that I, one of my pet peeves is access to education. So I don't believe in busing and any of that because I don't, I feel like if we're busing kids, then we, we failed. Like oh, yeah. busing is, is not even, busing's not even a bandaid. It's it's now, just not like we need to you, do when better. When you say busing, when you say busing, what exactly do you mean? Like bringing kids into this country? So or, no, you take kids take from kids. A, a a poor area. It take could be rural, rich. or it could okay. be like it's typically inner city, and it's typically around racial boundaries. And mm -hmm. you bus them to the suburbs so they can get the air quote better education. <laughs> so yeah, that's that what you know, coach. Uh, how the, how'd I do on that? No, that's exactly what it is. And so, then that causes a whole nother problem. Well, agreed. many problems. Many agreed. problems. I, I don't think that that's a solution. I know, um, I know people that have been bust in and, and they're great people. They've, they did take advantage of the education. But I think that we failed the, the, the kids that didn't get bust. I think we fail them all the time because my theory in, 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 in David's world, which is obviously not normal, but I'm just thankful you guys stepped in the door. So welcome for it. Um, in <laughs> hey, my world, trust me, we're not normal. <laughs> there, is, there is a kid in rural America um, in, in an inner city someplace that is not getting the education they need, but they are an incredibly intelligent person that has the cure to cancer, a cure to one of the cancers. They have a new battery design. They have, you name it, that kid exists and will never be nurtured to the point where we will realize the benefits and the awesomeness of that child because we're not developing that child. I don't understand why we don't have good access to education around the board. Now, I, I think it's probably another thing too, like that's a probably another of that power structure saying, hey, if we educate these guys too much instead of just bringing people in that they know you can basically control. You bring somebody in here, let's be honest, if you bring them in from another country, you can find a way to ship them back. We're America. Yeah. We can make up anything or do anything and do what we want. They won't allow, and they'll be thankful and, and stay loyal to that. And if they don't, they find a way to get them out. But if you start your own arising to your downfall, it's pretty not, it's not a good thing in the, in the, art, in the art of war of things. <laughs> you don't want to give the weapons. That's what I feel it's like. They feel if they let us sit here and learn the things that we need to learn, that we're going to pull that curtain back and we're going to see, you know what I mean, the wizard. And we're gonna we're gonna handle them. We're gonna we're gonna handle them at that particular Wizard point. Of Oz, he's of not way. gonna give us he's not gonna give us the slippers and the heart and the brain. No. Because well, that's the thing. He's gonna say no, no, no. You had it all along. And then we're gonna say that, and we're gonna beat him to death. <laughs> that's what's gonna yeah, happen. We're gonna take him up in the balloon and shove his fat butt out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. shove um, him out. I think that's truly right. what it is. And I I agree. I know some intelligent kids that's why i did what i did i came from that era i was able to get an opportunity to go to a better school and get an education it was because i could play a, a good game of football let's get that correct if it wasn't for that i wouldn't have got that opportunity but i took advantage well let, let me let me say that i took advantage because um 
I, I learned a lot, but I wasn't the best student. I, I could have took way more advantage, but I got a, a lot of knowledge out of it. And I was able to pass that around to my friends. And I was able to recognize the things that need to work out in our neighborhoods. I know a lot of smart kids in the neighborhoods that are falling short because of the education. It's not because that there's not people, there's just not enough people to, to teach these kids that need this type of help. And there's no funding and there's no, so they got to rely on people. Like I, there was, there was things you had to do to play on my football team. You just couldn't come play on my football team. If you didn't, if you had, if you had some grades that needed to be helped, we had some volunteer um, tutors that would help out with that. You had to have um, that you were working towards something else to um, get to where you need to go. And I just think you're absolutely right. The people are failing and there's people in these um, inner cities and the sub, you know, I believe in the suburbs too that are failing too, because a lot of these kids that are in these suburb school that I've seen too, like private schools and all that, they're getting passes because of who their daddy is or who oh, yeah. you know, yeah. the status and they're not doing anything in school. They're just getting the, 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 the network of people. So I totally agree with you. Well, a network is, let's not discount the network, but number, I will agree with you because these kids and I've seen it, these kids get these grades and they get the support and they're taught, they're not taught to learn. And Devin, I'm curious to see what your example is because you're, you know, you're not that far out of the system. No, um, definitely not. But um, they're not taught to learn and to think they're taught how to take tests because if they score well, the school gets more funding. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's more important is funding and self-survival. Schools are in self-survival mode. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. So, Devin, what was your experience? Um, my experience from school, and, you know, this would kind of tie into, like, if I was telling the story, but, um, you know, I was in and out of a lot of different schools. So I actually went to um, Rich. There was a – there's actually a richer community called Holidaysburg uh, around here where near where I live that I went to school at. And the education system there was, like, way, way more well-funded, more superior. But at the same time, I found myself slipping through the cracks. And, I, and that was because of, again, the status quo because the school I was going to, parents were uh, – their parents were lawyers and doctors and things like that. And I had a, you know, a mom who I was a stay at home mom and uh, a stepdad who worked as a uh, cableman, you know, as a lineman. So I, uh, you know, I was kind of out of the loop on those certain things, but in terms of the education itself, um, it all depended on where I went. I went to places like state college, which is, you know, at the pinnacle of education, it's, it's yeah. the town where Penn state university lies. Um, and I went to school there and, you know, education was great, tons of opportunities, tons of classes. But the thing that I felt was missing sometimes was, um, which I, was a big deal to me was there was a lack of, of, uh, connecting with what someone wanted to do. There was this information that you were being taught and regurgitated to that had nothing to do with what you really wanted to learn. I mean, it was great. It gave you a basic concept of the things you needed to learn. But, and, and I also found that there were some teachers and it all depends on who your teachers were that were there to collect a paycheck versus weren't. And I think that's just because of uh, how they're being paid and how they're being treated. Now, I don't know if that would change if they were getting paid more or less, but uh, from that, I digress. Uh, my experience with school, uh, I, it's again, to put it simply was uh, up and down. That was, it was hard to really tell what was, what, what really is the education system. I think it really deters on where you're going to school at. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree. That's why they try to do the busing to the, but mm -hmm. all right. So I'm going to stop the segues. Cause this is, I warned you guys in the green room, like this just like 
where I, I'm, I'm like a, it's like you guys have a laser pointer and I'm the cat. So just, I should have warned you that uh, more ahead of time. <laughs> no. Well, the, the couple uh, shows. You shouldn't have told me that. I didn't, I didn't get to that point yet. So now I'm going to have fun. Yeah. Like I said, <laughs> we, we had a goal. We had a goal to, to get you to talk because we listened to two of the shows. At least, at least I did. And, and I didn't hear you talk too much. Usually you just let the people go on and then you would ask a question. And then you, but you've, you've actually been very good at communicating here tonight that, and I'm enjoying it. This is a good conversation. Yeah, it depends on the guest. I mean, I have episodes where where I do a lot of it's more back and forth, and then I have episodes where people want to talk. They have a story to tell. Like the episode with Daniel uh, Levin, like he, I just listened to him the whole episode because he's such a great storyteller, mm-hmm. and that really has a lot to do with his. Um, he was the CEO of Hay House Publishing or whatever. I'm getting that wrong, but he was the head of a publishing house. Um, and so, I mean, if you're the head of a publishing house, you know how to tell a story, but that guy can tell a story. Um, right. It's very fascinating to listen to him. And then there's other ones where I do most of the talking and I feel bad that I'm like, uh, I've totally overrun this guest. It may as well have just been me. Um, <laughs> but I do want to get back to the show because I'm very fascinated by you guys. And, and, and I just, I was asking these things to kind of see where the divides were and I can see where they are. Um, and they're not, and I don't mean to use the word divide in a negative way, but because it is bridging the gap, I totally get it. It mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. I totally loving the concept. And if I was as smart as coach and Devin, I would have found a co-host and done the same darn thing, but I didn't, um, <laughs> cause I'm not that smart. I'm running it solo, but, uh, I'm curious to know, can you tell us, um, like I started off with like, you know, what do you disagree? And we ran it kind of went on from there so thank you for going on that roller coaster ride but how did you guys meet um and how i mean how does this conversation come across uh where well obviously devin you must be like who initiated a coach did you start initiator did devin did you like who well, started this it's it was there was no initiation per se uh the the thing is coach was working on well coach you can see this is we kind of wanted to do it we're like we were going to tell each other stories up until the point the day we met basically and then move <laughs> from there but i mean if you want to start here we can uh from my perspective it happened like this he was the coach of a uh a semi-professional football program that was in the making it was starting up um, and I had been in and out of jobs. I was looking for a purpose in life, uh, you know, cause there was things I was doing at the time. I was doing video editing for my YouTube channel. I had a gaming channel called Gingerliciousness. That's right. Everybody just want to let you know that I shameless I, plug, shameless plug. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't have that and channel anymore. Apparently but, a redhead. <laughs> yes, for sure. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, I, the real one percenters. Um, anyway, <laughs> as I was saying was, uh, the, we, I had this, this thing that I was doing and I, and like I said, I was just feeling my way. I just dropped out of college. Um, you know, my dad worked for Penn state. So I actually got like a steep, a steep, uh, discount on my tuition, 75%. So, and I dropped out because I, it wasn't for me. It was, I, I, I was going there for landscape contract design. Uh, and when I was, when I was there going for landscape contract design, I found myself like, this isn't what I want to do. This is what I told myself I wanted to do if I had to pick a career, but I could be whatever the hell I want. And I honestly couldn't understand why I was in all of these courses, these courses that had nothing to do. Why do I have to take two years of courses that have nothing to do with landscape contract design? And then, then take after that, take two years of the main campus with what I actually want to do. 
it didn't make any sense to me. And I had several courses in uh, game theory, which was one, and I actually helped put some things together. And I, um, I helped someone with a book that he was writing for the, cl uh, the teacher, the professor was writing a book. I helped with that. It was about a video game addiction. Um, and another uh, class I had was an acting class. And uh, I remember the teacher, Naomi Baker, sh saying to me, uh, hey, I have this part for a play. Would you like to be in it, et cetera? And I said, no. Uh, and, and she said, well, what do you, what do you, what's your major? You, you have a talent, a knack for, for acting, being vocal and uh, presenting yourself very well. How, what, what's your major? And I said, landscape contract and design. And, and she laughed. She laughed <laughs> at me. Um, but to, to get to the point, so I, I was, you know, in and out of, like I said, I didn't really have a, a, a vision exactly of where I wanted to go. And then I show up at this, um, the, this, this practice. And then I meet coach. And I think that first time coach, you can, now you can just, I'll take, I'll let him take over from his perspective of what happened, but that's how I met him that day. So then go from there. Uh, yeah. So pretty much that's what it was. Um, I was up here for a reason. My, my kids graduated out of school. They become independent. They don't need, uh, De well, they still come after me for my uh, couple of dollars. I think that's the <laughs> only time I talk to them right now. But um, they don't um, – my kids all graduated, went on to do what they're doing, two of them in college, one going on to nursing school. So I was like, all right, I did that part of my life, my job for that. I'm going to go chase some things. So I ended up down – I was just like, whatever opportunity friend hit me up, hey, I need you to come down and – um managed uh doing these floors at the call at penn state man college uh main college in indiana um, penn, um state or not indiana state indiana pennsylvania college so we're in between going back and forth laying tiles in these new floors it's not what i wanted to do i was just finding something to do travel around meet some people so i seen that there was an ad for um they were trying to build a, a semi-pro team in altoona um and i was just like let me go down here give me something to do i love coaching i you know i was off for like a year and a half let me get into this and see what i could find so we get down there basically that can't get off the ground because there's just not the people there around to do it it's a hard thing to try to get because obviously you can't play the um, pay the players mm -hmm. and then they have uh, jobs and families in the time. It's just a ha very hard thing to do. So you got to have a lot of money behind it. So I'm down there and I'm just picking out people, looking at them and seeing how what dedicated they are asking questions like, what are you going to do? What do you want to do? You know, my normal stuff, what I do in that, in that level. And I found a group of people and then one that stood out was Dev. I, I was like, yeah, I always seen him with the camera and he's always bringing gadgets and, filming stuff and saying hey look i got this from yesterday so i'm like what do you do you know and then we get to talking and i'm like listen i always had the idea of bridging the gap for like maybe five years before that but i just couldn't find the right person to do it with so the ball started clicking you know my, the mouse in my head started running around the hamster wheel in it mm -hmm. and i said Oh, so I kept asking him questions like, what do you want to do? He's like, well, I want to work in this and do this. He started telling me his story. I seen that he was very articulate. I seen we came from two different um, avenues um, that we could make this work. So I just said it one day, like, what are you going to do? And he's like, I don't know. Once we seen that, yeah. that wasn't going to go nowhere. What are you going to do? I don't know. Yeah. Well, let's just start. Let's start. A, let's start with this podcast show or whatever slash show and let's just start there yeah so that's basically how we came up with bridging the gap yeah to, to add to that one thing uh the i just remember the conversation was like one day because the thing is is he he brought we were trying to build that 
that football program. And like, he kind of brought me in the fold. Cause we were like, I was like, I was like, you got my webcam. Like, Hey Dev, I need you to do this. And, and I was kind of like the, you know, uh, the guy who was like trying to like, I was grat Like I was a player basically ha- trying to help build the freaking program along the way. And we, you know, we just couldn't get there. That's, that is what it is. But, um, and, and I just remember a conversation. He pulled me aside the one day and we were sitting at the stoop of, uh, his, his apartment or whatever outside. And we were talking and we talked for like two hours about like, you know, what do you want to do? What do you, you know, stuff like that. Cause it started off with like, you were like, you just handed me like a playbook. <laughs> you know, a playbook like, all right, these are the plays we have drawn up. And then we just kind of, and we had the conversation where I just told him, man, around here, people don't want to do nothing. I just want to do something like bigger than me, you know, I, cause everybody wants to get a job. Yeah, uh, I, the rhyme here is everybody, every, everyone I know around here wants to graduate from Penn state, settle down, start a family, John and Kate plus the eight. That's, that's pretty yeah. much. And I don't want to do that. So, uh, and we got to that conversation, like he said, so. Cool. Cool. I, I like it. So coach, what made you want to do the show? Like you had the idea prior to uh david who came into your life at the right time um because i think it was i'm a firm believer in the old saying that when the student is ready the teacher reveals themselves but i don't believe it just applies to that i believe it applies to these things um like it was the right time at the right place and you knew it and you capitalized on it because you were smart enough to see that um and just from what i've witnessed here i think it works awesome yeah. Um, I, the, the reason I got the idea is because the disconnection in between people. I just felt like, I mean, even with my kids, I would have a disconnection with them when they're running around. Like, and to me, it just all goes back to the technology. Like it became a struggle where, for me to, to have a conversation with my kid. I, I, I was like, what's going on here? Where's the disconnect that like, and it's mostly like what way I was raised, like my grandfather, I got all my, uh, my, my discipline and all my, Hey, this is how the world works for my grandfather. Very tough, stern. Uh, if I got in trouble, it wasn't go mow the lawn. It was take these scissors and, and, and good luck. That type <laughs> of, that type of discipline. And, and, and so I was seeing it that there was like the, the, the respect that, um, the younger generation is having for the older, as I was going along, there's a disconnect in there. And I think it's a lot to do with some of the things we talked about, separation, separating a man from the household, um, single mom, a lot of single mom stuff, and she's working. So kids were basically raising themselves, or TV or technology was raising them, raising them, and they started getting a little uh, disrespectful. Mine never crossed the line, but it was hard for me to have, a, I had to basically force them to have a, a meaningful conversation with me, especially when you're busy and you don't have a lot of time. When you have that time sitting at the table, I had to take phones. And I said, what's going on? Like, why don't you understand that, you know, this is the time? Don't you know these things? And, and they're like, yeah, but it's not like that no more. It's not like, well, I'm like, well, why isn't it like nobody's talking to each other? No, nobody's the older generation is not the younger generation is not learning from the older generation. The older generation is not teaching no more. It's just like, oh, well, let the technology. It's easier being lazy. Um, like I said, some of the things that separate us. So I'm like, man, I, I'm on a mission right now. Now that I, I was like, what am I going to do next? My kids, I don't, I, I'm going to do what I have to do. You guys are good. 
go live your, make your mistakes. I'm going to uh, make some more. <laughs> so yeah. that's, that's where I just came up with the idea. Um, like saying bridging the gap. It's actually a song by, I don't know if you know who Nas is. And he did a song yep. with his, with, yeah, with his father called bridging the gap. And his father was a musician. That's why he became me. That's where he got all of his influence from. And the song just said so much to me. I said, that's what needs to be done. You know what I mean? It's not me doing it with my son. It's me finding a younger generation that's totally out of that. Like, because I think it would be watered down if it was my son. Yeah. It would be too watered down. I need to find somebody that need, doesn't know me that wants to get to know the things that they don't know and vice versa. No, I love the concept. I couldn't imagine sitting here with my 20 year old. Um, oh, yeah, I can barely get him <laughs> when he's, I, I, I can barely get him to talk to me when he's here. Right. Um, when he comes back from school and visits, um, other than he doesn't ever really ask for, for money, but, you know, being a full-time college student, he's really got no sorts of income, but us, um, right. Yeah. Well, like so, I said, my, my perspective of, of being 20 is I don't ask my parents part Jack. I, I don't, I'd rather, I'd rather struggle, starve than for them to give me any money for anything. Cause they've, they've struggled and worked their whole lives and there's no need for me to do that. Actually, I think Max has the same take on that, and I he actually gets a little angry when we do support him. Like he's like, I didn't ask for that, you know. So I mean, I, I kind of see that a lot. But at the same token, if we didn't, I don't know what the what he would do. Um, oh, yeah, he'd be he's, in, he's in he's in a doctoral program. Uh, he wants to be a he's well, he's going to become a physical therapist, and he's like. Mm his class schedule is just insane. I mean, cause it's insane because they want to weed the, the bad kids out, not the bad kids, the, the kids that aren't going to really make it as a doctor. Mm. No, they make it hard on purpose. Um, cause it's not easy, but he's, yeah, anyway, I digress, but I couldn't imagine him being in that position coach. Like you're saying, like it just wouldn't work because I mean, he would just either not participate or he would just look at me like I have four heads. Yeah, it would it would get a little crazy. I'd choke him like um, Homer does Bart. <laughs> it, there yeah. would be there would be a lot of those moments. <laughs> so no, and that's pretty much what it was. It was like I have to find somebody that's coming in and they're coming in hot. They want to learn and they want to give their knowledge too. Because like I said, I learn a lot from Dev. I'm learning a lot how to stay young. I'm learning a lot how to. Um, be up on things, um, uh, uh, the way that I can use more technology to add into the work ethic to get things done faster and more, you know, those type of things. So it's a fair exchange thing here. Um, he's, he's, and, and, and this is the most important thing, though, out of this, not just doing the show. Dev also runs his, he's starting up his own business with a media company out of that because of the conversations that we ha have had and saying, you know what, just jump because I don't know if you're on his newsfeed. He's been struggling the last few weeks to get these things off the ground, but he refuses to fold. And we know how that goes. If you stick to it, you're going to grind it out and he fully understands that. So it's just something that I can respect and appreciate um, when, when you find somebody that's going to do that and you can also sit down and have a conversation with and just, you know, vibe out. No, I, I, I love it because I was going to ask, um, but before I ask, well, I'm just going to say, because you guys have better memories than I do, but I want you to tell everybody where they can find you. I forgot to 
to ask you up front. I like to do that up front, but you guys, like, I just wanted to jump oh. in. I was so excited. Well, now, so. Trust me, if someone, if someone was listening, this is where they want the plug because now they're, they're intrigued. Now they, they, <laughs> definitely, they are definitely thoroughly intrigued by now. Cause if you said at the beginning, they might've been like, uh, I don't know, but now, yeah, for sure. Uh, you can find us on Facebook um, at bridging the gap 55 or just bridging the gap. We'll have the, the nice logo with the bridges that are bro- broken in half and the words bridging the gap in all blue there. Uh, you can find us on YouTube at mediated media and uh, we don't really have too many other platforms we work outside of on, on that. So that's pretty much where you can get to us. Because cool. also we're just, we're, we're, we're like, we call it a show. We're going to format it in the podcasting sense because it was advice giving to us too, because uh, that's, it's just the way to go to put them on platforms. But we also do many of things with Bridging the Gap. We go out in the community and talk to uh, people and, and help. Like we, we, found, we were driving down the street one um, day last year and a little girl had a lemonade stand. Dev had his camera. Stop the car. Let's go see what this kid's doing. <laughs> yeah. So we find out she's raising money for um, uh, the cancer. She's this was her second cancer year. society. Cancer second. society. This was her second year. So what? Well, how can we help? All right, we're gonna put it on our thing, blast it, and tell everybody to come um, get her lemonade. So we helped her triple what her goal was for this year. So it was like two hundred, and it was it ended up being like six hundred something dollars or something. Yeah. So That's we. Awesome. we we do things like that. We go find people that are doing things and, and, and try to get them motivated to not, um, to not basically just take what you're doing and putting it on the shelf, man. Go after that, motivate it. And then we're building also building a network of people that um, down the future that everybody's is just trying to help each other the best way that they can can. I mean, can with hand up instead of handouts. You know what I mean? That yeah. type of, that type yeah. of thing. I, I agree. So I'm just going to pause for a moment and do a little PSA from David. That's a public service announcement. Do that. Anybody, if you're listening, wherever you are in the world, because I know you're all out there worldwide. If you see a child with a lemonade stand, stop. It takes <laughs> five seconds and it might take a quarter, 50 cents. Just stop. The joy that you will provide that child is immense. Right. It, it's infectious. It's worth it. Do it. You won't regret it. Just do it. Okay. Right. P- PSA over. Um, <laughs> so Devin, let's talk for a moment. Shall we? Okay, great. <laughs> so I don't, um, well, actually I'm not going to, I'm not going to give that part away. I'll tell you in a minute, but how oh. is it? Do you, do you find, cause coach is a Gen Xer like myself. So we're not totally out of the digital divide. We had you know, we were at the cusp of technology, not quite as much as the next generation after us, the millennials, but you know, it started, we were latchkey kids. We were all sorts of stuff, but we had the beginnings of those things. Uh, we were a little bit older when we had our pagers. Uh, you, you can Google what a pager is. Uh, I know um, what a pager is. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm just, I'm totally teasing you. I feel like we're <laughs> close enough where I can tease you. So thank you for, for that. Okay. Good. Uh-huh. Uh, so how is it like, how do you find coaches techno technology um, knowledge? Oh, okay. Well, for one coach, uh, here's, here's all you need to know. Coach calls what I do voodoo. Really? That's, it. That's all you yeah. have to know. He calls it voodoo. He's like that. And like, we'll be, we'll be having meetings with people that we're doing. He's like, yeah. And dev will do his voodoo thing. He'll do that voodoo. You know, like that's the editing, the editing, editing and adding all the things and making the things right. like 
the raw footage turning into a story. I mean, that's, yeah, because that's the because that's where the media company comes in is like a, a, you know video production and everything else. Yeah, so it's interesting. But, well, but let me let me I go ahead. Sorry, I was gonna say this is just and that I didn't mean to cut you off, but I would say, coach, that's not necessarily voodoo. I would call that <laughs> art. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I, 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 it's the how. How you make the art? He's, it's voodoo. It's voodoo. Oh, okay. The how portion. The how to so do using it. Yeah. using <laughs> the programs, getting the editors, doing all that stuff is right. Okay. Yeah. okay. Because because I'm a very old school. I really don't like too much technology. I like to do what we do right now. It's just talk and talk about life experience. But I know you need technology to get things done. And, and, and that's where I think he's very patient with me on that level. He ends up having to do a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think that we're getting an understanding of that where I have to just start doing more of, of that type of stuff. So he, he's been great with that so far, but I know you can see it in his eyes that he wants to choke me sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's funny. That's what I want. Cause I, um, I've been in telecommunications and IT my entire life. Mm. So I don't know anything but technology because my mother worked for a telecommunications company and she's the reason that I, she got me a job. I worked in high school and then I worked my way through college. Um, and then it was, I was making more money in the telecom than I would have in the career I chose. So I stayed at the telecom and then just grew up from there. So I know, um, way too much about technology than most people it, it's <laughs> shocking because i've had experiences where people of a certain generation i'm not going to name names here on this call because we're all friends but hmm. they assume because i'm 47 years old and and you know i do have i'm i'm a victim of early graying so i have bright white hair and a bright white beard because um, hmm. i just do and uh mm -hmm. Anyway, probably not enough copper in my diet, but that's a different show. But anyway, so like people are shocked. Like they just assume that I don't know anything. And I'm like, um, not only do I know what you're talking about, I know how that's built. I know how the chipboard's built. I know how that communicates with it. I know the silicon. I probably know the person that has the patent on that device right now. And they're just like, oh, okay, boomer. And I'm like, I swear to God, if you okay, boomer oh, me, I'm, okay, I'm a Gen Xer, okay? <laughs> I'm a Gen Xer. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, Boomer, that's great. I uh, think that's. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with you that that's messed up. But I mean, I think it's just funny when people say "Okay, Boomer," just because. I, I, like I said, me personally, I don't like like you're saying. I can't group people that are older than me. That's one thing I've learned from the dynamic that me and Coach have. Is I can't group people older than me or 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 whatever that they have that they're inferior to me because they might have information that I lack. Um. And that was something that I was, that's what I was going to say before, um, like I said, I let you go and, and say what you had to there. Um, you know, cause, cause coach said about what he got from me, but I never got to really say what coach gave me. That was my next question. Cause I sincerely want to know the other side and I sincerely want, cause I do have, um, I have a diverse audience worldwide and age wise, but I do want the, you know, I would like you to explain what somebody in your generation at your age can gain from somebody like coach or myself. Right. Well, first off, it starts with the person that coach is coach is a coach. Um, so he, he's, he's pushed me. Like he says, like he'll, he'll make me do things. He'll say, Devin, can you do this? Can you do that? Can you do this? Can you find that out? Can you figure this out? Can you? And because of that, right, it's worked more like a training than anything I've ever done, especially for what I want to do is because he'll say, do this little thing. Now, sometimes a pain in the ass, 
and I, I'm sorry if I cuss on the show. I, it's just how it is. Um, the, uh, it's a pain, but I, I get through it. I learn something from it usually, right? And there's other times where he'll, he'll push the buttons and it ends up being something that failed, but we tried. And he pushes me in that sense, but also giving me the determination and a confidence. This is something that, because um, when he was saying about the struggle that I've been going through, I, he's helped me push me to keep me consistent and build my confidence in this. Where now I've been, we've been doing this for like two, three years, not just bridging the gap, but everything we've been doing. And I, the wheels ain't gonna fall off now. So no matter what happens, basically in my life, I just struggle. I take the hits, I take the blows, I get up, and I keep going like it's a game of football. You know, like coach, cause coach will bring everything. If you ever talk to him, he'll bring everything to football at some point in his, in his conversation. He'll bring it to football somehow, some way. We'd be like, yeah, man, it's just like this play right here. The X to O. So you block the guy out, boom, you determination football, something John Madden-esque. I don't know. But uh, the, and, and that's the truth. And, and he's also given me like the, those little social cue things, how to be assertive in a conversation, because those are things that I've had to learn how to stand, how to talk for yourself more because I was a person right, right from around the time I met coach that this is something that ties in. I was actually um, a youth leader in church. Um, I, even though I had questions about the beliefs, I still didn't really say anything. I was a nice guy all the time, you know, and, and I wanted to be liked more than respected. Uh, uh, and uh -huh. as I, have I've been with him more and more, I learned that it's, it's better sometimes to be respected than to be liked by people because people who respect you are better than people who just like you because people who just like you will usually toss you aside out in the fray, et cetera. You know, they can forget about you, but people who respect you, they they, they hold you to a higher standard. And also it makes it easier for me because I'm not giving into the whims of other people all the time. I'm saying I, I, I have a line sometimes and now I draw that and it's helped me become more successful in my life in, in, in every facet that there is, especially my emotional, my personal life um, and also my business because without that determination, without that, that pressure to keep me going, to keep me moving forward, I would have never had it. And, and we've been the best of friends, taking care of each other, uh, scratch my back, you scratch yours, take care of you, stuff like that. And that's weird coming from a dynamic of someone who's in their mid forties to someone who's in their early twenties. It's unique. I wouldn't say it was weird because I, I yeah. don't think it's weird, but I definitely think it's unique and I think it's awesome, but um, I'm biased uh, in your favor anyway. So, uh, you know, just, you, you had me at, uh, well, I Bridget thought you said, I was going to say, yeah. Cause I say, why did you said at the beginning of the show, you, you cold call. So you don't have a bias. So what now you well, got a bias all of a sudden? No, I kidding. do. It was like within the first few moons when just, just from the first question I was biased. I was like, I like these guys already. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you earned right. it, but uh, it wasn't, wasn't prior. It was after post. Post haste. Um, okay. <laughs> so one of the things that, that you, struck me is that, um, Coach is truly a coach because what I do is what I found in life is that it's much more beneficial to guide somebody to a realization than tell them the answer. Um, when I'm working with a group of people one-on-one -on -one or with a group of people or um, strategy or whatever I'm doing, in life is that I always tell them you're going to ask me a question. You're not going to get the answer uh, unless they're asking me like my opinion of like whatever. Yeah. But if it's, it's, if it's in regards to something that they want an answer to in their life or their business or whatever, I'm not, I don't give them the answer. 
even though it's there, because if I tell them the answer, it's not as valuable as if I guide them to the answer and then it's their answer. It's more, it, it means more. And then they can take it even further. Mm. And so it sounds like that's what's happening here a little bit. Yeah, I would say so. Um, I would also say that uh, for coach, he, he would ask me questions that would make me think obviously, which is what you're saying. But then also sometimes too, he would imply sometimes that he, that there was an answer there and he would make me have to think for myself when it came to that. Um, yeah, that's what I meant we, by we, Yeah, definitely. That's what I'm saying. He can't, we can, we, look, it's not prom night, Devin. We're not just going to give it away. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm just going to give it up to the first guy with a flower on his, uh, on his, exactly. uh, his, his tuxedo and a, <laughs> And a, and, and a, and a and nice, fifth, yeah, and a fifth in his, his flask and his, his coat pocket. jacket. Yeah, right. We're, we're gonna make you work for it, then. Come on. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. And it's, like I said, I I've come to this realization now. Like my life, uh, you know, I think it's all about the struggle. What is life but a struggle? And that's that's what's fun to me is because we keep talking. To me and he says it to me all the time. He's like, the story you're gonna be able to tell someday is going to be way more valuable. That because there's gonna be people that are gonna say, yeah, I went to college and all this, but you're gonna say. I struggle for everything I got with a guy who's like 40 something years old and they built something crazy and like all these people respect you and, and uh, you know, and you struggled through some of this crazy stuff, uh, you know, whether it was money, whether it was illness, whatever, and you got to this point, you know, people are going to love that. So that's, that's what I'm looking forward to every day is the story that I'm going to be able to tell at the end of the day. Oh, I agree. It's, it's already a good story. It's going to be, it's going to be uh, great. A by the time prize it's winner. Done. Pulitzer Prize winner, whatever that award is. For yeah, we're gonna, we're, we're gonna tell the story in a grand fashion way. Mm-hmm. I might be in a wheelchair. Dev might be <laughs> scooting me around in a wheelchair, but we're gonna get it out. Well, we're all <laughs> bi- we're all big someday. You have to get a, a piece of the accreditation for the original because you got the first original part of the story that was put out on someone else's podcast. So that, that's what you get. So you know, true, true, true. I, I'm on board with that, and. Um, the coach, he won't be pushing you in a wheelchair because by the time you're in a wheelchair, it'll be um, magnetically anti-gravity <laughs> and you'll be like Professor X because okay. yeah. I'll take that. You're at that level. Plus, I don't want plus, you to yeah. sell yourself short. You're at, you're at the Professor X level right now. Okay, well, I'll take that. As, hey, but you got to get the patent on that. You gotta get the patent. We need the patent. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to buy the patent. ASAP. Right. Um, so, guys, is there anything uh, – We've been going a while and look with you two, like with most of my guests, I could keep going, but with you two, I could like, I, there's no end in sight. So I'm just going to, to, to ask you this question. Is there anything that you wanted to cover that I didn't cover because I, I jumped right in. You guys were just so exciting to talk to. The energy level was awesome. Like I've said awesome, like 9 million times. I hate saying <laughs> the word over and over, but it's true. It's the only way I can, it was, it was the, the, the energy was palpable. There's a good collegiate word that I pulled out of my butt Um, and I just went with it. So thank you for that. But is there anything I want to make sure that I'm doing you guys, both of you individually and your story and the show justice today, because I'm really on board. Like I'm, I don't have the tattoo yet, but I'm on board like for sure. Okay. Awesome. I would just get a shirt. It'll be up there. Just, just buy some merch. Good. Good. Um, I think I would just say like just to top it all off of basically the message of what we're trying to get at is like, just, 
I think if people just took that time and like when they're walking down the street, maybe get out of their phone and just talk to somebody because you never know what somebody's going through. Um, they, that talk could just turn into something special that can be infectious all the way around and other people could fall into it. And let's just try to do that one at a time. Cause I've always been taught like the people around you, if you can affect them, you don't have, you can have those goals to change the world, but you got to start somewhere. So if you start with that circle of people around you and it just spreads out, then, then, then you got, then you're on to something. So I, if I, I just say, man, just take the time and talk to somebody you haven't talked to before or might be on a different um, uh, different wavelength totally than from you, different interest, uh, different culture, anything. Just take the time to talk to when you find out that we're more alike than we are different. Yeah. Um, and just to piggyback off of that, uh, one of the other lessons that Coach taught me is that we are, in a sense, in control of our own destiny because you usually think you need this and that and all these other things. And really, you just, if you want to do something like you just have to start doing it, small, big, whatever. And you start meeting people and talking to people. And regardless of if they're there, if they aren't, you keep moving forward always. And we, we want to keep and with bridging the gap, which is having people better understand each other and, and love each other and, you know, better, better care for each other. Uh, I think that that's the key right there is we're, this goal that we have, this thing that we're building, we're going to have to keep moving forward always because there's always going to be a fight to fight the people and the things that divide us. Uh, well spoken both. And, and some people like to call it like, I, <clears throat> I'm just clearing my throat because it's kind of silly, but in a previous job, they used to call me the fortune cookie leader because I say things like to sum up what coach was saying is everybody knows what to do, but nobody knows how to do it. So coach is telling you, you guys know what to do, not you guys, coach and Devin, but the you listening, you guys know what to do, make the world a better place. Coach just told you right now how to do it. I don't know if you all picked up on that, but he did. So there's that. And then, um, Oh, I forgot Devin's. Damn it. I should wrote it down. <laughs> you got it. It's we, all right. Yeah. All I was going to say is you just, you got to keep moving forward. Oh, right. Yes. Keep moving forward. So if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. Just start. Mm. So the point is, you know where you want to go. Just take a step in that direction. And then you take another, you learn where you are. You're at a different point than you were just a step ago. The scenery's different, believe it or not. You still know where you want to go. You take that next step. Again, you keep learning as you go, but you're taking steps in the right direction. You'll get there. You might have to step over an open manhole to get there or wherever, you know, fill in the blank, but you'll get there. So those are my two fortune cookie wisdoms to, to let you know that I heard what you both said. Hopefully you both agree with my fortune cookie tidbits there. And um, I will have to call Shelly because she's the one who created that term. <laughs> she worked with me but um all right so this was an awesome ep episode guys i really exactly I really had a lot of fun um yeah like i said we we enjoyed it too i uh, this I was think it's interesting yeah very interesting good, the way you do it yeah because i like it it's very inquisitive uh you're asking us questions and we're coming back and just relaying that information to you and you're very like i said you're very good at what you do you're very the questions you have asked are, you know, on point. They got to the point. You know how to lead a conversation, and that's that's a skill that not a lot of people have. It's fantastic, from what I've what I've heard. So, it's, it's, and it's 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 hard to keep either one of us quiet. 
<laughs> so, yeah, right. So you, you did you did run it the right way because we were quiet and we listened because that's very hard. If you listen to our show, we are always like going in on like if the guest is there and just having fun with it. So it, this is very like it, it's going to help us moving forward. Well, I appreciate the, the the kind words. I appreciate you both being here. Everybody knows how to find you because we just said it about 10 minutes ago, but you're going to remind them of yes. your YouTube channel and where right now, please. Uh, find us on Facebook at Bridging the Gap 55 or just Bridging the Gap. Again, it'll be the uh, logo with the uh, bridges, uh, two, of, two bridges on each side. There's a broken piece in the middle, and then there is the words Bridging the Gap in blue letters in the middle. And you can find us on YouTube at Mediated Media. Right. And everybody should go. We'll pause while you guys go bookmark that. We'll just wait for you. <laughs> okay. All right. Everybody's bookmark. probably back now. <laughs> now, I know that there's one person who's really like, David, you really didn't say anything about Gingerlicious, but, <laughs> you know, that's. Um, I told him he needs to trademark that. Brand it. You probably should. Um, probably should. Uh, yeah. 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 So I, I would just. I'm going to let that go. Maybe for another episode, we'll talk to, we'll just focus in on Gingerlicious and <laughs> just the whole show. And great. The whole and, show. And the merch. And, um, <clears throat> you know, oh, the, boy. so <laughs> for that episode, I expect at least a four stanza rap. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. 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 Yep, oh, I yep. can, I and can you can, the I'll let you sing the chorus and the, and the bridge though, but you have to rap the rest. <laughs> okay. okay. Gotcha. Sounds good. And if, bonus points. If you can get like, um, Somebody like Lizzo to to co be on there, or you know, I'll settle no. for like Ashley Tisdale. It's fine. Ashley Tisdale. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you might as well get me to get uh, uh what's her name the uh the girl London Tipton from, I can't remember the actress's name, but London Tipton from The Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. Might as well just get me to do do that, or the or the Olsen twins or something, you know. <laughs> hey, you know, I wanted to be generational and and you know connect with you on that level. Right. But Ashley Tisdale, listen, Ashley Tisdale's like even old for my generation, you know? That's true. That's more like my daughter's age and she's yeah. 24, so. Maybe like, because I'm, I'm 22 and I would lean towards maybe Ariana Grande would be more in that than, because Tisdale was like, she was like 18 when I was like 10. Yeah, know? but she was like, you know, 24 to 26 playing a, an 18 year old too. She was yeah well i mean wait wait what a way to end the show we were we had like a dramatic finish and then we ended on ashley tisdale <laughs> you know it just it just happens uh, I, I can't no that's the way it goes um, it goes anywhere you, you see know, our show it goes anywhere yeah. it just it goes where it goes it's just right. I, I warned you cat laser pointer just right. stuff pops stuff pop this is how my brain works stuff pops into my head so this has been a ride on the train of thought <laughs> That's what it's been, a ride on the train of thought. Yeah, yeah we'll be having you absolutely. on in the near future too. We'll talk yeah. about that after we get on, secure all that. You can come on the show and then I think what we're going to do is we're going to reverse that role. Yeah. And then you got to come on there and come yeah. up with the topic. Yeah. <laughs> but then, but we're going to be, we're going to be goofy with it. I think, I think that's our platform. We'll, yeah. have, we'll have a couple of curveball jokey kind of things in there to throw at you. And also we got, Hey, we got the info from you now. So we, we're not coming in cold. We're coming in hot, baby. We know, yeah. we know some things about you. That, so. That's perfectly fine. I'm, I'm okay with that because uh, it's your show. Right. Yeah. For sure. So again, so everybody, I, I, I was going to end with that and just make sure that you all knew that you will hear me on bridging the gap in the future. Uh, so look forward to that. And I'll obviously post about it 
um, in the future. So thanks everybody for listening. Thank you, Devin and Coach B for being on the show. Uh, thanks for having us. Love y'all. Thanks for uh, worldwide. I don't know why you listen to me, but I do appreciate it. <laughs> so everybody, again, I'll be back doing more of this. All right. Peace and love, everybody. See you. Enjoy your night.